Crime Curious is a true crime podcast that takes an in-depth look into real cases through the lens of a trained investigator and former prosecutor turned judge. If you are sensitive to expletives, anatomical descriptions, and accurate descriptions of crime scenes, this podcast may not be suitable for you. someone you love been a victim of a crime that's still unsolved? Crime Curious has teamed up with one of the top private investigation services in the Indiana and surrounding area. If you have listened to us long enough, you know that we do not seek out services or products that are meaningless to us or hold no real value. So you can trust us when we say that corporate investigations comes with decades of experience you won't find anyplace else. Corbett Investigations is run by a former homicide commander of one of the country's most successful homicide units, has put over 400 people in prison for homicide, handled over 1,100 death investigations, and solved 33 cold case murders. To be real with you, Mr. Corbett had a really difficult time telling us what we should highlight in this segment because he does not like to sound like he's bragging. Solving crimes has been his life's passion, and he has never done it for the accolades or recognition. He has a whole team behind his services that help him be so successful, as they specialize in things like bloodstain analysis, ballistics, crime scene reconstruction, and forensic pathology, just to name a few. When you contact Corbett Investigations, you talk directly with Tim Corbett. He is hands-on with every case and can travel anywhere that's needed to get the job done. Corbett Investigations prides itself on honesty, truth, feet-to-the-ground, real investigation work, and the strength to stand up to whatever is in the way of solving the crime. Corbett Investigations specializes in complex homicide cases, sex offenses, and criminal investigations that are old and new. Tim and his team have a reputation for finding witnesses and information that others could not. Although we hope none of our listeners ever need private investigation services, if you do, we recommend contacting Corbett Investigations, and mention this segment on Crime Curious for a free consultation. Contact Tim Corbett today at 574-229-8115. You can also check them out on Facebook at Corbett Investigative Services, Inc. or their email, tim at tcorbett.org. That's T-I-M at T-C-O-R-B-E-T-T dot org. Thanks for listening, and now on to the show. Welcome to Crime Curious. I'm Charnel. I'm Megan. We're shaking our greed grief for good luck here. As always, we need all the good juju, especially on this case, which is a part two. It is. This is part two. If you have not listened to the first, uh, to part one, please go back one and listen to that. Um, I am going to shout out uh, my major source for this part two episode. She actually has also become involved with the case because she received a, a cease and desist order from the church after she published a article just stating the facts and the concerns here, okay? so That's not atypical. Shout out to Shannon Ashley. She is a blogger for Medium, um, the magazine Medium. 
more online publication media. I love that publication. Me too. I actually subscribe to that. Because them. you have to to get some of the info. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a, yep. it costs money, and this, but she's good. This They're is good. actually a member-only um, article that I had found and taken some information from. And so thank you, Shannon Ashley, not only for your beautiful writing style um, in collecting information. She says she's not an investigative reporter, but I got to tell you. She could be. She could be. And not only that, but um, for not backing down. She writes, and I follow her blog, and she writes a lot about the personal things that are going on in her life. And I do feel like a, a, a lesser strong person probably would have backed down after receiving a cease and desist order from this huge church who, by the way, tries to claim that they're just a little country church. That is not the case at all. They have like 750 acres. Okay. Like they're not a small church. The churches that we have in our community, Megan, those are small small. churches. All right. Um, But she received a a cease and desist order after her first article that she had, had covered after Gracie's YouTube video went live where she was making allegations. Um, Was she reporting based off of all things that were put in the public realm? um, Not only. Yes. Uh, Ashley, Shannon, Ashley. Yes. Yes. Well, I guess you don't have to cease and desist. Uh, no, and that's and that's exactly. What <laughs> I mean, it's scary for some people when they do that. But if 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 Shannon is her name mm-hmm. was getting all of her information from things that were posted by members of the family on YouTube, wherever they were, um, and from court documents mm-hmm. and from medical reports that had been made public, and all of the things that you've reported so far, yep. then those are there for purposes of reporting on, which is what. Angie's lawyer, who actually talked to Shannon Ashley pro bono, had told her. Okay. So, but I'm just saying. Well, sometimes it's just knowing the general law and how, you know, things like freedom of speech work. When you're, she's a single mom, she's a single mom blogger and is like, are you kidding me? You're going to come after me. You, and then they came after her again, wanted her to archive some of this stuff because she was naming the church, naming the problems of you are mandated reporters and you did not report this. They didn't like that. Yeah, I bet not. But you know what? Sometimes the truth freaking hurts. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> so uh, this this extremely detailed piece that I just really enjoyed, um, she titled Former Nashville Anchor Accused of Rape and Murder. New Developments in Gracie Solomon's Story Will Make Your Blood Boil. All right. This is where she gives great details. A- and it's also found on the, the um, freedomforgracie.org website, which I mentioned several times in the first episode. Also used that for this episode amongst other um, news reports, things Has like that. Has anyone been arrested in this case? No. Period. Okay. No. Still to this so, day. Okay. The day that we are so recording. So we it. can at least preface this for um, legal purposes with um, any of the statements that we're making all be public. Um, the any Everybody's innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Mm-hmm. And so we'll see what happens with all of this. And I think this is a call to action. If any of you feel so inclined to try to figure out the truth of the matter behind all of this. But in the meantime, I'm going to be neutral on it because nobody's been charged and or convicted. Correct. And all of the research was done using public information. Yeah. Well, that's not going anywhere. Public information is public information. Yep. And so, but like you said, if people feel so inclined in the show notes, we have um, a petition to help bring about about um, more investigatory practice uh, or, or case uh, an investigatory case on the abuse that Gracie has sustained but also the for this episode we are going to talk about the suspicious death of her brother Grant 
Right. Okay. Who wanted to get custody yes. of her when he became who, an adult. Who wanted to have his father held accountable for the abuse against his sister as an adult. And five weeks after he turned 18, he tragically dies in an, in what the police are calling an accident. And what, in the only witness to that accident was his father. Okay. Who would have been named the perpetrator in any no further legal action Grant chose to take had he been given the opportunity. I'm ready. Give so, um, and there, there is a petition in there in our show notes as well for um, getting Grant's case having a second investigatory look. Okay? Okay. All right. On the morning of Monday, July 20th, 2020, Grant was allegedly struck by his own truck in a fatal parking lot accident just 15 minutes before his high school baseball practice. Grant had only been 18 for a month and would have been um, a senior in school, high school, that fall, because this happened in July. So, according to his father, and this is taken from um, Shannon Ashley's article, quote, according to his father, Aaron Solomon, former WSMV Channel 4 news anchor and a Merrill Lynch financial advisor and the only witness to his son's death, Grant parked his truck at the Ward Performance Institute in Gatlin, Tennessee and went to get his baseball gear from the bed of the truck when it rolled backwards, dragged him across the pavement, down a hill, and into a ditch. Aaron says he was parked next to Grant and that he was inside his own vehicle checking work emails when he realized what had happened. Aaron Solomon called 911 at 8.44 a.m. from the parking lot, and Grant was taken to the hospital by an ambulance where he was pronounced dead before 9.30 a.m., end quote. So we can listen to the 911 call. Okay. And I think we should. I want to hear it. Okay. I know there can be a lot of controversy with 911 calls because people always get relatively judgmental about how the person reacted. Were they upset enough? Were they not uh, not upset? Um, were they hysterical? Those type of things. So I'm going to try to be as open-minded as I can as you play. And this wasn't, that's, the, what is actually in question here, and I want you guys to are listen for Are statements of it, fact? Are two things stand out to people. First of all, one is that Aaron stays, even though the 911 operator wants him to go down and be with his son, Aaron stays at the top of the hill in the parking lot of the performance place. And then he talks about three guys in a box truck that the police never interview, that never come forward, that were supposedly there. But by the time the EMTs get on scene, they're, that, they're gone. They're not there. They're not there. If they were ever there. Right. So those are the things that um, are brought, you know, are, are, are more brought about or more scrutinized than actually somebody's. Um, but what you're indicating us based off of what was uh, in this uh, 911 video and a further investigation is that upon seeing that his child is under a truck that has presumably rolled backwards, he does not go to check on the child. Correct. He's automatically just acting as if Grant is already gone. Which he wasn't. So he sees him under a truck and calls 911 and stays up at the top of the hill mm -hmm. and, s and never goes down to check on him. Correct. Oh, 
Okay. I mean, again, see that people, people do things and react differently to situations with a, a bystander. If you didn't know the person and had watched somebody, you know, I think still most people would run up to that human under trapped under a car that had just been hit to go and check on them, but maybe they wouldn't because it wasn't a loved one. But can you imagine not running over to try to assist your loved one under a truck? Never in a million years. Especially if it's your child. Yeah. And you can find this um, 911 call on YouTube as well. Okay. Emergency. It's 1357 South Water Street. It's off 109. Please hurry. You said 57? Please hurry. Okay. What's going on? 1357. My son's truck's backed over him, and it's rolled over him and dragged him into the ditch, and it's on top of him. He's trapped under the truck, and I, I, yeah, he, somehow it drug him underneath it. Yes, my son is under it. I'm trying to, no, I'm I'm trying to call 911. Okay, what's your name? Oh, my God. My name is Aaron Solomon. And you said, oh, my God. 1357 Southwater Avenue, right? Yes. How old is the male? He's 18. He just turned 18 a couple weeks ago. A month ago. It's my son. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is not good. Is he awake? And oh, please hurry. I don't know. I don't think so. He's not uh, He's not alert, right? No, he's out. And he's trapped. I got three guys here, and he's trapped under the truck. Okay. Oh, my God. I understand, sir. Stay on the phone with me while we get somebody out there. What's your name? Aaron Solomon. All right, Aaron. Huh? What kind of vehicle is it? It's a Toyota Tacoma, Tacoma and it's the, the vehicle has to, he's underneath the vehicle. Okay, I've got and the, that. And, and it's. Okay, I've got that. What color is it? It's a white truck. That's my son. He, it somehow it backed up. Yeah. Yeah, I'm on one. I'm on with nine one one right now. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Was your son working on it? No, no. He was just getting out of it. It's the hill. It's. We're on an incline, and I guess he didn't have it in park or something, or it wasn't engaged, or... Oh, my God. Is oh, my God, I can't believe this. Is still not responding? No, no. And he's still under no. truck. No one can get yes. out from under it. No, we, it's... We've no. got units and rounds to you. I'm just asking you questions before we can huh? update them, okay? Can you check and see huh? he's breathing? I, I, somebody's telling me that he's coming too. Okay. Maybe. He is waking up. Maybe. Kind of keeping still. So he is well, he can't, Yeah, he can't move. I don't think he can move. I, I don't know. Okay. I no, he can't move. He's trapped. Okay. Well, we got somebody in route. Now, when he wakes uh, up, he might I'm be telling scared. Him, Can somebody I'm get down him. there and talk to him? Yeah, somebody talk to him. There. Yeah. There's blood. Is he facing up or down? He's facing up. They said he may aspirate. We need to hurry. 
Oh my god. So does he have blood coming out of his mouth? Yeah, he's, yeah, there's blood coming out. Yeah, somehow it drug him down, I think. I don't know whether it was in his heart or what, or if it didn't engage the brake, or it drug him underneath somehow. Okay. They said he's facing up. Okay. But he's bleeding from his mouth. So, Grant, turn your face to the side if you can, barely, but be careful. Don't move him, okay? No, we can't move him. We can't. We can't move him. Oh All right, these and they're there. I'm gonna let you go, okay? Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Uh huh. Bye bye. Okay. Let me disconnect my Bluetooth. Yes, because otherwise, you guys will hear every time I get a text message. All right. So, well, I did hear somebody there at one point. At first, I was questioning it because if those people were helping him. But toward the end there, I do feel like I heard somebody saying, you know, that he was awake um, very quietly, though, in the background. But before that, I couldn't hear anything else. Aaron makes statements on a video that he never went down there. I, it doesn't sound like he did. He wasn't down there. No. He was at the top, and you can look at the, you can look at the photos. It's quite a distance away. So how does he know that he's bleeding from the mouth? How does he know any of those statements? Because somebody else was down there. Somebody had to have been down there at some point, Charnel, because I'm telling you that I hear something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can hear an, another. But what I don't know is, is it just people? And who is from it? the from the um performance you know the workers from right the, from the place that they're at the performance like place that they're at just standing next to him because when you see the the photos you wouldn't actually be able to see that there was a person underneath that vehicle right unless you actually went like right there it was just odd to me that somebody's saying he's coming to how did the all of the people that showed up on scene you can hear the sirens right how they, they not left? see so and, and he makes a statement, Aaron says, that it was three men in a box truck. And when EMS gets there, do they report anybody there? No. They didn't see these these three guys. Um, and, and not one police officer speaks to him, not a paramedic, nobody. Looking at the picture, I have major concerns about, like, if he rolled down the hill, it would have been rolling backwards yes. down into this little pond type thing. Yes. Or if it never went into the pond, it at least skirted the pond and stayed along just going backwards. I don't know okay? so much into if it's a street. pond or like a drainage ditch. A drainage ditch, ditch yeah. whatever it is. But how would it have gone all the way down the driveway then and then somehow gone forward? I, right. Because it had to have gone forward down with its uh, nose facing down into that drainage ditch. Mm -hmm. It certainly didn't just go down the hill and otherwise it'd be backwards. The ass end of it would be in. It would. It would, Megan. Exactly. Exactly the family's point of how this was investigated. And the photos are available online where you can see where the tire tracks actually did go forward. Forensically, you can see where it did go forward. And I need to... So I, it did back fall all the way up and then shift forward? Or it only ever shifted forward. And it was never at the top of the hill. Right. Okay. And the other thing that you guys need to understand is, is that... There are no 
injuries on Grant's body that are consistent with being drugged down a hill. This is a steep incline, you guys. We're not talking about a small hill. This is steep and it's paved. There's not any of those injuries. Well, and if he was, um, so we've all maybe been there or seen something similar where you go to get out of your truck or your car and realize you haven't put it in park and Mm -hmm. it starts to roll. Is it possible that he was trying to regain control of his vehicle with the door open, not necessarily being dragged? Um, But if that was the case, no, there would have your attention would have been drawn to this because I would have been yelling like a motherfucker. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. I'm not in park. You know, I'm trying to hold on to this car. Someone help me. Because Aaron says that he saw him trying to get his baseball stuff out of the back of his vehicle. And then he looked down at his work emails. And the next time he looked up, he didn't see the truck rolling. He realized that the truck was gone. No, he was reading a work email. But this is. This is what is mysterious. The injuries are not consistent with being drug. Okay. Are they consistent with being run over? He died of cardiac arrest with blunt force trauma uh-huh. to the back of the head. And he had a bruise on a thigh. His shoes that is were given to his mother after he passed away in the hospital had no scuff marks. His clothing had no scuff marks. This is Angie's problem with this whole situation. Furthermore, um, Grant kept his baseball stuff in the backseat of the truck, not in the bed of the truck. Also, Grant's girlfriend has come forward and or made statements and said, anytime that people, cause, or anytime that they would like arrive at a new location, they'd send a Snapchat. That's what kids do. Absolutely. Do. Like, hey, I'm, I'm at baseball practice, right? That morning, she never got a Snapchat saying that Grant arrived at the, the baseball facility. His bat is missing and has not been found. He went to baseball practice without his bat? Megan? No. He has blunt force trauma to the back of his head, but his bat is missing? Okay, mm-hmm. thank you. That makes me uncomfortable. Ditch. As a mother with four baseball playing boys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there is, and you can see online, the pictures of his head bleeding from that blunt force trauma on some rocks. You in should this be ditch. able to tell with... Um, weapons matching uh was he hit with a baseball bat or was there blunt force trauma with the vehicle whether it's a bumper or a tire and then was there any dna transfer onto the vehicle indicating that the blunt force trauma was from again the vehicle yeah there's investigatory process that can take place right well there should yeah okay well Aaron collection of evidence Aaron declined the autopsy but this child was 18 he can't decline an autopsy thank you for pointing that out because that is what has bothered me about this entire thing as well, is that why was he able to make any, because he was considered next of kin. Why was he considered next of kin? And not mom. All those decisions were made before Angie was contacted. contacted. Knew that her child was dead? Yes. Life so he flight died was at the declined. Scene. He died at the hospital. No. They declined life flight? Dad declines life flight, according to reports. Okay. I mean, I wasn't there, guys, so I'm... I'm all right. Taken by ambulance to a hospital. He was administered CPR. Those reports are all available online. You can see them. Um, he was given CPR and, and ultimately it just did not work. Now the bumper, I want to talk about the bumper of the truck. First of all, there is a safety feature on the truck, by the way, that would not enable if the vehicle is not um, in park. What did it say? I saw it on YouTube. Anyway, this there is a safety feature on the vehicle that should have prevented it from um if it's not properly placed in park 
Yes. All right. Um, I can't remember what that, what that exact safety feature is, but, um, it would have like alerted him that it is not, is not in park. He wouldn't have been able to shut the door, get all the way around out, stand behind it and then have it disengaged. Right. The truck also was never taken to like examine it for defects or anything like that that could potentially be a, a recall for public safety because dad immediately had the vehicle, um, which this was weird to me. Dad had the vehicle convinced the insurance to have it um, totaled. You've seen the picture. So the vehicle, right? That Why would it be totaled? There's minor damage to that vehicle. Mm-hmm. So he scrapped it immediately. Oh, God. Angie did get the vehicle back. Granted, it has has pieces missing because it has been scrapped, but they were hoping to try to get something. But I want to point out, and you can see this online, when the fire rescue came, he's underneath the front of the vehicle, you guys. The tires are not on him. He's not He's not he's trapped. Not pinned. The weight of the vehicle is not on top of this man. Okay? He's not trapped that way. He's trapped just in that he's on some rocks in this ditch and the vehicle is is over top of him. Because dad says a couple of times that he can't move. Right. But he's not, he's not, um, the weight, I just want it to be clear. Not under a tire. No. The weight of the vehicle is not damaging him at all. It's not on him at all. It's causing no injury. Another concern that people have is that it took about an hour to drive there. So the engine would have been very, very hot. So realistically wouldn't he have had some burns if he had been drugged right somewhere and there's no evidence of that now is it possible that he was assaulted in the exact place where he uh, lay and then a vehicle was rolled over top of him these are the things that the family would like investigators to take a look at well there's i think there's lots of possibilities exactly any cameras no there is conveniently not a single camera in that facility of that parking lot. Man, that are there any neighbors it. during this time no. frame that had home cams? Look at the look at the um, photos here. They're on a they're across from like a government owned major highway um, wooded area. It's okay. all trees. Yeah, it is. This is what was interesting to me though. You can see that it's a busy, popular highway. So the Did theory anyone see something. Well, that's just it. Like if somebody saw something that morning that isn't consistent with just a vehicle backing down an incline. If you're the people that stopped to help and then left for whatever reason. Yes. Come forward. Come forward. Yeah. Come forward you for crying out you loud. You didn't do anything wrong. Nope. Come on. Come on down. Come and just collaborate. Collaborate. Just tell anything. Us what you saw happen. Anything. Now. You will see when you look at pictures of the truck online that the the bumper of this particular vehicle is damaged. Okay. Oh, really? Not damaged in a way of like I hit a person damaged. When the uh, rescue people came, they uh, lifted up, they took a jack, whatever, and they lifted up the front of that vehicle. Yes. And if you look at where the vehicle was on the sidewalk, I'm actually going to show you right now, Megan. Okay. When you lift that vehicle up out of that ditch, because you should, you guys need to understand the front of the vehicle is in the ditch. The back of the vehicle is on like a sidewalk. Correct. Okay. So when the police or the department, fire department lifts that up, it's going to push the back end of the vehicle up down. The back end of the vehicle is going to go down while the front end of the vehicle goes up. Do you see what I'm saying? So it's going to cause damage to the back of the vehicle. 
because they're going to lift this up with a hoist and it's going to bring this down. Okay. You see what I'm saying? All right. And but so, not major damage. Nope. And that and that's what's that's the bumper damage right there. Not major. Oh no. Yeah, that's not major at all. No. There's no That's the only damage to the vehicle, Megan. There's no blood on the ground or any type of this transfer. This is the only blood that's on the ground. A bloody rock. And it's from where his head was lying because he has one injury of blunt force trauma to the back of his head and he has a bruise on his jaw. But it doesn't have to have been a, a, a you know a blow or could it have been he was pushed and hit or fell over sure. hard enough that he hit his head. Sure. I mean, I, I don't want to yeah. say it could have uh, an accident. What if he fell over backwards? Yeah. If there was an altercation, was he backing yeah. up? Absolutely. Right? That's that's just it. The family is just like, we just want a better investigation on this because this seems very inconsistent with the statement made by his father of what must have happened. So he must have been drug. I don't. I don't know that he must have been right. It doesn't like, look like he was drug at all. No, there and there's no indication. You see all that pavement that I'm showing you in this picture. You see all this pavement. There's no. There's no flesh. There's no, no blood. There is nothing that they found. Not only that, but his glasses are found. So here's the blood on the rocks. His glasses are found in the grass. Here's where his head was. His gla- his glasses are all the way up here in the grass. Yeah, because I think that if he was hit by the truck at all, it happens up there, and then he was pushed backwards, and the truck right. ended up over him. And so but then it his didn't glasses run, would flow. But it didn't run over him. No. Mm-mm. Or, yeah, something happened to him up there causing his glasses to fall off. He falls backwards, hits his head, and then the truck is... Placed or rules, either mm-hmm. on purpose or accidentally, mm-hmm. on top of him mm-hmm. to be judicious, yes. neutral. Because I don't know what happened. I know, right? We don't. We don't, and it, that's why we want a neutral. And I can speculate all day long, and so can the family, and so can um, uh, supporters of of dad too. We can all yeah. speculate, but without an accurate investigation with expert opinions about what had happened, I mean. When there's an accident with any type of injury here in the state, there, there has to be some type of a UD-10 done. So it's explaining it's a, an, almost like an accident investigation. Well, you can bring in reconstructionists from the state police who could look at the injuries obtained, any marks that there were, anything on, any DNA transfer, blood, all of those things, and they could attempt to reconstruct what occurred. Mm-hmm. But no, none, of, none that, of that was done. None of that stuff happened. None of it. They took Dad's account. He declined autopsy. He declined organ doning. All of that before Angie was able to have a say in any of that. And they closed it as a tragic accident. Okay. Now, the other thing is the medical, and, and they have it on the website. They have his, his medical reports showing where the um, injuries were. Okay. Yeah. They indicate that there was no blood coming from the mouth, the nose, anything like that. But dad said that there was mouth coming out of his nose. But Mou- he was Mouth coming out of his nose. Yeah, blood, blood coming, coming out, out of his, his nose mouth. and mouth. Yeah. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Yes. And so they're like, guys, there, there's just all of this plus, plus. I already told you about the girlfriend yes. and the phone, right? Well, at Grant's funeral, she informs Angie, Grant's phone is mysteriously moving in another city. So Angie reports that, to, like, why don't the police have Grant's phone? 
What like that would have been on the scene. He's an 18 year old kid. His phone is on him. Right. Well, Aaron's like, oh, I'll call the police not to worry. Well, then there's some story about how someone left it in the car and it got towed. No, someone some... found it on the sidewalk and picked it up. Some dude. What? How? how? Mm-hmm. Because if there was so the police never found they it? never saw it on scene. They right. found his glasses. They found blood on a rock. They found right. a human body and they found a truck. How come you couldn't have found a phone? Couldn't find the phone it couldn't have been that far away. On the sidewalk, I would have. Or you really didn't do any sort of investigate investigation work. Thank you. And maybe someone really did pick it up off the sidewalk. Does that show how negligent your investigation was? Who's who's in the wrong here? Who's lying? Right. Dad or the police? Yeah, this is this is a, that to me is a huge problem. I think more likely than not, law enforcement arrived at what they just very quickly determined to be a terrible accident that had occurred. And just yes. believed everything that they were told. Nothing necessarily stood out. And they don't have the backstory of the family. Correct. So just to, you know, not to offend anyone, but to throw law enforcement a bone. Those These things happen. We have every year an, a situation where somebody, uh, sometimes a small child even, is run over by a family vehicle. Yes. It, just, yes. it happens. And it it's does. awful and it's scary. And we do so much to try to educate people. But it happens. And even with even with grown men. I mean, we've had recent selects. Jeremy Renner ran over himself with his vehicle sure and did. almost killed himself, yep. for Christ's sakes. Right? Sure like did. Tragic accidents do happen. They do. But they do. investigation is still necessary. It sure is. And so the hospital staff record a single laceration with bleeding on Grant's skull. That's the back of his skull. Three bruises, one on his jaw, one near his left hip, and one on his right thigh. So, um, and you can see all of that um, stuff. Angie is concerned about the lack of actual, given the description of how this tragic accident happened, she is concerned about the, how, how intact her son's body really was with all that. Um, it does seem like you would have a lot more um, injuries, okay? And they've even done some speculation. You know, Angie's team have done some things about just looking at the size of Grant. He was like 6'3". The, t- the Toyota um, Tacoma is, is not like a super tall truck. If it had backed over him, Megan, there would have been injuries to his shins. There would have been a ton of injuries, Charnel. Yeah, there's none. I- I'm not even an expert. I know. Yep. Yes. So even more bizarre. I'm going to give you give you some more um, information here. Uh, obviously, Aaron Solomon is saying that this this truck was kind of faulty, but there's he did nothing to make sure that that was proven. He made sure that it was scrapped very quickly. Um, so at his memorial, Aaron gave a bizarre speech where he described how the family used to call Grant Mr. Peepers because he was so wide-eyed and curious. Eight minutes into that speech, Aaron called Grant's death a godly thing. And um, the like the whole speech just kind of disturbed people, like... I f- I'm gonna s- I'm gonna place a judgment on this. I wouldn't be able to give a speech at my son's funeral. No, like I'm sorry. And I recently had to attend an 18 year old's funeral. One of my son's best yes. friends passed away from a tragic accident. Did any did his parents speak? Hell no. No. How I yeah. listen. The whole family is barely able to function to put their shoes on to get there for crying out loud. Let alone did anybody expect them to give a speech? No. And we've had 
we have had um, people who are in the more in the profession where they see death more often have young children die, and they have stood up and said a couple of words. I've been able to talk Not, at like um, my father-in-law's funeral, my yes. grand, my grandma, who of course, you know, obviously mm-hmm. had a great life. And, and mm-hmm. you know, when she passed, she was older and you still get choked up, but I was able to speak. I don't, I would not be able to do that if it was my child. People described Aaron's 15 minute speech at his son's funeral as more of a, some of a salesman than someone who had just lost their son. I, what was how, he selling? How do you stand up there and, and talk, talk about how it was a, it was a godly thing. This was just meant to be, it was God's plan. I don't, I just don't know. I don't think God plans those things. People thought that it was very cold blooded. Um, yes. So that's 2020. These are concerns with Grant's death that's just essentially chalked up as a tragic accident. And in 2021, Gracie, who's 14 at this time, she has lost her brother. She's has had enough. And in an 18-minute video, she goes on YouTube and she makes serious allegations against her father, including rape in a North Carolina hotel room and then a lifetime of sexual abuse. She goes into detail about how her father belittled, intimidated, and controlled her brother and how her whole family has suffered at his hands and also under the leadership of the school and the church that I'm not naming on this podcast, but you guys can find all on your own. Um, She accused the founding church pastor of lying publicly um, about a conversation that he had had with Grant. Every conversation that these children had had with the pastor asking for help and the school asking for help was twisted into, oh no, Grant was coming to me because he wanted to be closer to Jesus. No, he was coming to you for help because he was disclosing abuse. And actually, there is a video of this same pastor calling Aaron Solomon his buddy. Okay. So, good old boys club, right? That's what the public is concerned about for, for here, is that, that we have blatant... Who are we protecting and why? Yes, we have blatant miscarriages of justice. We have people that are... Tell have, me, have heavy pockets, Megan. Tell me about Gracie. Heavy, heavy. So Gracie has had enough and she has decided to come forward. And so this is a 15 minute YouTube video is one of those ones where it's like you can see her face and she's talking into the camera. Yes. How was it received publicly? It is. I mean, that's how we got here. Okay. Right? So it created mm-hmm. enough um, social awareness at it the did. time that people are, are outraged by what they're seeing. Yes. Has exactly. Gracie taken to uh, YouTube with any additional videos? Yes, there's and, there's plenty, plenty out there. And how old is she again? Well, now she's 17. This, okay. This year she will be 18. Great. But she made this video when she was, was 14. Okay. Um, she had said in the video that she or that Grant had a plan to fight their father in court when he turned 18 because he suspected that only then would his word be taken more seriously. Gracie believes very strongly that her father killed her brother to prevent that from happening. So, um, I believe that I had... Did she ever make any statements about why she believed... Why was he there that day? Why did Grant go over... To where dad was that day. Oh, he was going to high school baseball practice. Yeah, but why he was, was he going to a performance? Like, I don't know if dad often showed up at baseball practice. It sounded like it was more of like a performance because so it's in July. So they would have summer ball, but it sounded like this was like a, a sports performance facility where you just go and train. So that's right? no one's house. He was, no. he was at this sports facility and was backing out to head to baseball and dad was there. Why? 
No, he wasn't backing out to head. He had arrived. They were at the sports facility. Oh, this is the sports facility where this whole thing occurs? Yes. He was getting out to, and, and dad was there to go in for practice. He was going in. Why was dad there? He was going into practice. I don't know. He's about to be a senior in high school. Perhaps he shows up to make sure that he's training properly. He was a very promising pitcher and actually had some D1 prospects. And we have no idea if this was the occasion that there was was a confrontation. We don't. They were the only two people in that parking lot at the time. Does Gracie remember anything about the day beforehand? Had Grant made any statements about their dad or about his intentions? Because we know that he was intending to make some things known. Right. No, we we do not. Um, Okay. Gracie, Gracie states that she really, you know, the way that she's been handled is that she's just a troublemaker. Um, that she's just trying to make, you know, this big church, this big school look bad. Um, she says that her father sexually abused her for years to the point of raping her and that she doesn't believe her brother's death was an accident. And what is as odd is that the media, the local media in Nashville really hasn't picked this up a whole lot. Be, you know, the whole, the innocent till proven guilty, but you got to remember his former, this is a former employee of them. It doesn't, that doesn't look good either. So it, this is where the public's like, hold on a second. We get that that doesn't look why good. Why don't we know more about this? Yeah. Right? Why, why now is this now just becoming a huge um, thing? Because Gracie took to YouTube mm-hmm. because she went public with it. She's her own a media outlet. Yep. People have a much bigger voice now available to them with the advent of the internet and these social media platforms. Sometimes mm-hmm. that's good. Sometimes it isn't. Right. But in a, in a situation like this, imagine the desperation to put your most private, personal, awful things that have happened to you out there publicly in, in a video um, because no one else has helped you because you don't feel like anyone else has helped you right. for all these years. Cause it's just been swept under the rug. That was my point that no I was one, going to make. Yeah. You think she wanted to go to YouTube and talk no. about those things? You think this is an intention seeking behavior? This is certainly no. not how I would want to glean fame. No, no, but her brother has died. And so I can see why she feels that she has no other choice. Absolutely. But that should show the point of desperation, as you pointed out, of I've tried all the other things. Grant's gone. And now I have this many more years to she have had, to see him. Had she been living with her mom, yeah. though, at this point? Yes. Oh, yep. because the sexual abuse allegations had happened. Yes. Nothing's occurred with them. So she's been given to mom and Grant for those couple of years still had to deal with living with dad or at least having Correct. to go for visits. Right. But there is also, um, you can see the records online where he is substantiated on as, as a perpetrator for sexual abuse of Gracie. And that is why. In the neglect and abuse court, mm-hmm. but never criminally charged. Mm-hmm. And that is what they want to change for Gracie. They want to see him held accountable for that. But then also now this mysterious death of Grant and how, these injuries how is his baseball bat missing how are his shoes not even remotely scuffed and there's pictures of his shoes it's not like they're trying to put drag this man's name through the mud and not back it up with facts of reports with pictures of things you you can see all this online you guys but the fact of the matter is the police department's like no we closed our case 
We're not investigating it further. Well, well and now even if they reopen it, their evidence is so tainted and skewed. The exactly. truck has been destroyed. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Yes. And uh, it's just... It's been parted out. It has a little bit. I do have a picture of, of it now. Um, it's just like the tailgate has been parted out and a little bit of the front bumper part has been parted out. Probably the pieces that could potentially have DNA, but the inside was still intact. So she is... You should know, like Angie is going through what she can in terms of private investigators and getting those sorts of, of things done. But they did start GoFundMes for both campaigns because this stuff takes experts that you have to pay. Of course. It takes a lot of money. To, and this is so sad, but it takes a lot of money to get justice when you have these entities that well, are not Well, when willing. you're trying, yeah, when you're engaging in private investigation of these things, it certainly is. Um uh, if, if if there was an actual police investigation that occurred and a prosecutor was allowed to make a decision as to whether or not they were going to charge with something that's different, the death, it's harder to wrap your head around in terms of is there any positive evidence one way or the other. But there is uh, more than probable cause uh, substantiated that there was sexual abuse of a child. And so I am really caught off guard as to why there's not been a criminal investigation. Right. Or a request for charges. Right. And if there has been a request for charges, has it been denied? And if it was denied, why was it denied? Right. But I get the impression that there has been no exploration of those charges through the criminal side. No. No. So that leaves me with those questions. Mm -hmm. And so, in you know, we are at this point in time hoping that that can change that there can be at least everyone absolutely is innocent until proven guilty. Right. But these issues deserve their time in court. Um, and, and so I just think it, it does warrant a second look, you know, into, into both of these situations and stop being taken as just a teenage girl that wants attention that is just trying to slander some church and school like at this point in time, you know, there are people that have absolutely taken up issue with the church and school. That's not where my focus is. My focus no. is 100% on the abuse that has happened to Gracie that she is disclosing and the mysterious uh, death of Grant, right? Like to me, the church and school cover up stuff is secondary. It is certainly worth, I understand why the call to actions though, you have uh, obvious and or potentially blatant uh, disregard for um, uh, mandatory reporting going on here. Mandatory reporting is big in the news right now. It's mm -hmm. something that a lot of people are receiving education on that they didn't have before. It is very possible, if not probable, that that particular church, even though they would have, and that school, even though they were mandatory reporters, may not have ever been trained in mandatory reporting right. because they were private mm -hmm. um, and not those not like public schools that have to receive that training and have it documented. So yes, it's secondary, but it's really important that there's a learning experience that comes from this as well, because anytime a child reports that it should never go unreported. No. You let the expert decide that it's not worth listening to. Absolutely. Okay. It doesn't matter who the parents and are. Prominent point, people. For, I mean, I, I've had friends investigated before for things. Yeah. I mean, we're not talking about sexual abuse, but I'm just saying like right. for certain things, because teachers are going to err on the side of caution. But hold on too. the experts who then you place that into the hands of the experts to determine of whether or not the information is credible. 
in at least when I was a CPS worker, Megan, we didn't ever just say, no kid, we don't believe you. We then had that child go to counseling where they can either work through where more information could potentially come out or they could work through their healing if they in fact were quote unquote making this up, right? Like we don't just leave them with, no, we don't believe you. Shut up. That's old news. Right. Ever. Right. So that piece bothers me to tell you to be quiet because of your reputation. You've created a reputation for yourself or a child was possibly horribly traumatized and or sexually abused and is making a cry for help. Yeah. We're just going, yeah, we're just going to ignore it. Now I will tell you this. So Angie bought back the vehicle. Okay. That obviously costs money, right? She then had it, um, a, a forensic exam done on it also costs money. And in that forensic exam, the report conclusively, conclusively states that the accident could not have occurred the way that Aaron described. Oh, really? And with this, the police department still refuses to open an investigation. Mm, I don't love it. I know. I knew you wouldn't. I knew that you wouldn't. And so now you understand why I want to cover this. Everything that I have, have told you about is public record. You can find it all over the place. Um but it does it does warrant a call to action. I think it does look, warrant a second look. And if the, you know if that never happens, okay. But we did our part to try to help. Okay. Yeah. Thoughts? Uh, lots of them. Um, at this point, I'm mostly just I'm being careful. I'm just really concerned about the lack of investigation on both sides. And I yes. think that's where everybody is. And that's the reason you presented and do you, it. Do you find it odd? This this piece was odd to me. Do you find it odd that the school and the church would go to the lengths of trying to shut with this cease and desist order, trying to shut small bloggers down? There's a saying that I that I think holds so much truth of, you know, a lie doesn't like to be challenged. But the truth Never minds being challenged, right? Yeah. If you're telling the truth, you shouldn't ever mind being questioned. But if you're lying, you don't like to be questioned, right? I think that's probably enough to sum it up. Yeah. So anywho, that's where we will leave you for our coverage of this very tragic um case. Thank you again, Lynn, for bringing it to our attention. She actually wrote and said, hey, I think that you'd really like this case. I don't really know what to believe in it, but it has a lot of litigation and a lot of child or family court um, involvement. Will you attach um, one of her her YouTube video also? Yeah, I can. So we can see that as well. Yeah, you can. If you just type into YouTube, um, Freedom for Gracie, you'll find them. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, You'll I'm interested. Find definitely. So, you want me to bathe yeah. you again? I do. Please bathe us all. Well, I have to make sure that our listeners know that we have been in the middle of a blizzard. Yeah. Um, it's lovely today because <laughs> the wind has stopped blowing and there's some sunshine. It is still negative. The feels like temperature is negative. It is 20. minus twenty six, minus yep. twenty right now. And yeah, it was like that yesterday as well. Like the air hurts your face. It hurts to breathe. Oh, your, your teeth. My teeth are sensitive to yes. temperature. Oh God, it hurts so bad. I'm so bad. So this is uh, the diary of a snow shoveler. Okay. <laughs> okay. December 8th, 6 p.m. It started to snow. The first snow of the season and the wife and I took our cocktails and sat for hours by the window watching the huge soft flakes drift down from heaven. It looked like a grandma Moses print. So romantic. We felt like newlyweds again. I love snow. Aww. December 9th. 
We woke to a beautiful blanket of crystal white snow covering every inch of the landscape. What a fantastic sight. It is gorgeous. Could there be a lovelier place in the whole world? Moving here was the best idea I've ever had. Shoveled for the first time in years and felt like a boy again. <laughs> I did both our drive walk, driveway and the sidewalks. This afternoon, the snowplow came along and covered up the sidewalks and closed in the driveway. So I got out to shovel it again. Yep. What a perfect life. Yep. December 12th. The sun has melted all our lovely snow. Such a disappointment. My neighbor tells me not to worry. We'll definitely have a white Christmas. No snow on Christmas would be awful. John says we'll have so much snow by the end of winter that I'll never want to see snow again. I don't think that's possible. John's such a nice man. I'm glad he's our neighbor. December 14th. Snow, lovely snow. Eight inches last night. The temperature dropped to minus 20. Mm. The cold makes everything sparkle so. The wind took my breath away, but I warmed up by shoveling the driveway and sidewalks. This is the life. The snowplow came back this afternoon and buried everything again. I didn't realize I would have to do quite this much shoveling, but I'll certainly get back in shape this way. I wish I wouldn't huff and puff so much. December 15th. <clears throat> 20 inches forecast. Oh. Sold my van and bought a 4 by 4 blazer. <laughs> bought snow tires for the wife's car and two extra shovels. Stocked the freezer. The wife wants a wood stove in case the electricity goes out. I think it's silly. We aren't in Alaska after all. December 16th. Ice storm this morning. Oh, gosh. Fell on my ass on the ice mm -hmm. in the driveway putting down salt. Hurt like hell. The wife left for an hour, which I think was very cruel. <laughs> December 17th, still way below freezing. Roads are too icy to go anywhere. Electricity was off for five hours. I had to pile the blankets on to stay warm. Nothing to do but stare at the wife and try not to irritate her. Guess I should have <laughs> bought a wood stove, but I won't admit it to her. God, I hate it when she's right. I can't believe I'm freezing to death in my own living room. <laughs> December 20th, electricity back on, but had another 14 inches of the damn stuff last night. More shoveling took all day. The damn snowblow came by twice. Tried to find a neighbor kid to shovel, but they said they're too busy playing hockey. I think they're lying. Called the only hardware store around to see about buying a snowblower, and they're out. They might have another shipment in March. I think they're lying. <laughs> John says I have to shovel, or the city will have it done and bill me. I think he's lying. This is the neighbor. <laughs> the neighbor that he loves? Yes. December 22nd. John was right about a white Christmas because 13 more inches of this white shit fell today and it's so cold it won't fucking melt until August. Took me 45 minutes to get all dressed up to go out to shovel and then I had to pee. By the time I got undressed, went to the bathroom and dressed again, I was too tired to shovel. Tried to hire John who has a plow on his truck for the rest of the, rest of the winter, but he says he's too busy. I think the asshole is lying. <laughs> December 23rd, only two inches of snow today, and it warmed up to zero. The wife wanted me to decorate the front of the house this morning. What is she, nuts? Why didn't she tell me to do that a month ago? She says she did, but I think she's lying. <laughs> December 24th, Christmas Eve, six inches. Snow packed so hard by snowplow, I broke the shovel. Oh, yeah. Thought I was having a heart attack. If I ever catch the son of a bitch who drives that snowplow, I'll drag him through the snow and beat him to death with my broken shovel. I know he hides around the corner and waits for me to finish shoveling, and then he comes down the street at 100 miles an hour and throws <laughs> snow all over where I've just been. Tonight, the wife wants me to sing Christmas carols with her and open our presents, but I was too busy watching for the damn snowplow. <laughs> December 25th. Merry freaking Christmas. 20 more inches of the damn slop tonight snowed in. The idea of shoveling makes my blood boil. 
God, I hate snow. Then the snowplow driver came by asking for a donation, and I hit him over the head with my shovel. The wife says I have a bad attitude. I think she's an idiot. If I have to watch It's a Wonderful Life one more time, I'm going to stuff her into the microwave. <laughs> this is so oh bad. Oh, my God, it turns dark. December 20, real dark. December 26, still snowed in. Why the hell did I move here? This was her idea. She's really getting on my nerves. I feel like we're watching a Dateline special. I think we might be. December 27th. Temperature froze. Dropped to minus 30. The pipes froze. Burst. The plumber came after 14 hours of waiting for him. Don't worry. He only charged me $1,400 to replace my pipes. December 28th. It's warm today. Minus 20. Still snowed in. My wife is driving me crazy. December 29th. 10 more inches. John says I have to shovel the roof or it could cave in. That's the silliest thing I ever heard. How dumb does he think I am? Oh, no. December 30. Roof caved roof in. Caved in. <laughs> I beat up the snowplow driver and now he's suing me for a million dollars. The wife went home to her mother. Nine more inches predicted. December 31st. I set fire to what's left of the house. No more shoveling. January 8th. Feels so good. I just love these little white pills they keep giving me. But why am I tied to the bed? <laughs> So that oh. article was uh, just a hilarious story written, obviously, as fiction because right. he was so sick of shoveling and it shows, um, you know, making yep. a dent in there. The Diary of a Snow Shovel from Sunny Skies. Uh, and this was written September 24, 2018. Anyone who has shoveled multiple times can feel that article. Yeah, there was just no point the last couple of days. And, and you live in town. I was snowed in. Like when they finally came down and, and, and got the road from all of the drifting, my driveway, I didn't have somebody come plow it out. I, and we don't have a snow plow. So I just kicked my suburban in a four wheel drive and slid my ass right down my driveway to get here today. So we're actually outside of town. So the County does our, um, yeah. does our roads, but it happens to be my brother-in-law. It has our route. So oh, nice. he comes and does our road, but my husband being the swell guy that he is, he turns his little John Deere lawnmower into a, plow. into a plow. He puts a plow on the front And you can tell it. he did a great job with your driveway. And he made lots of room. He does. He does. He loves it. And he spends hours. And he does eight of our neighbors. That's our, so our elderly sweet. neighbors. But he makes sure to get. It's too cold to be outside for him. Well, you would think. But I, trust me, I had the he neighbors. He has no body fat. I know. He has the neighbors texting me. Charnel, Matt is out there doing my driveway. Should he be out in this cold? The answer, Sandy, is no. He shouldn't but be. But he is. But he's going to be. Try telling him that. Go, I dare you, go out there, bring him hot chocolate, and try to tell him that he's not supposed to be riding around in this cold temperature with his heart condition. No. Because he, uh, and he does, he we enjoys We should bubble it. wrap him at least. I will say this. Grease him he, up, bubble um, wrap him. He's full of batteries when he's on that thing that I'm actually more scared of him being electrocuted because he has heated socks, heated under, um, under layer. That was now where I thought you were heated, going with this. Heated vest. <laughs> like everything, his gloves are heated. So he, his body, yes. core body temperature is staying. It's actually pretty good. Those very, heated very vests warm. are rock star. My mom got one for Christmas and I want one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, he has I think that's oh, great. A, a heated beanie. It's also Bluetooth, so he listens to his music. He's just in his zone, but it's still breathing in that cold air does do things to your um, vessels and whatnot, yeah. so he does have to be careful. But I, I don't have an underlying <sighs> heart condition, and I am not built for this cold. No, no. It, it is truly, truly all. miserable. So. But All yeah. right, well... There you have it. Yeah. There's there's what it's like here in Michigan right yep. now. Thank you for that. Uh, and our husbands are both ending. still alive. They are. Yes. So far. Yep. 
still kicking. So, all right, y'all. Thank you so much for listening to us and supporting our show. And until next time, we hope that you keep it curious. Keep listening. Bye-bye. Thank you.